Good evening, everybody. I Good see evening. we're here by some, we're joined by some blinds here. They look really intriguing. Well, <laughs> Linda and I are in the middle of a thunderstorm here in Lancaster County, so I think that's that's doing some interesting stuff for both of us. Oh, yeah? What's happening? I don't know. Everything just got really... We've had a lot of lightning and thunder. I said, even if the power goes out, I'm on yeah. my cell phone, so I I have that. Yeah, but, and my battery is full, so I'm good. Oh, you're good? Awesome. Yep. Well, I'm so happy you guys are here. For those who don't know, Linda... Um, was Amish until she was 28, and Chris was raised in more like kind of half and half different Anabaptist churches like Weaverland, Charity, etc. I don't know how to explain it properly, so I'm just gonna like stop before I open mouth, insert foot. I'll let Chris explain that. How about that? All right, my um, mom's side started out as Eastern Pennsylvania Mennonite. And then my grandfather went from there to start the, I think it's called Hope or Hopewell Conference. I'm not exactly sure. He started Muddy Creek Church, Muddy Creek Mennonite, where he was a preacher for a while. And some of my family stayed Eastern. And then um, he went to charity, which I know Linda has some experience in, too. And so did a lot yeah. of my aunts. And okay. And then on my dad's side, that, that's Weaverland Conference, which is what a lot of people know as Black Bumpers. Oh, the Black Baby Buggy Bumpers? <laughs> Say that real fast three times in a row, bitch, you can't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I can. No? Linda no. can. Nope, I cannot. Nope. <laughs> no? I'm okay. not even going to try. So... How many years have you been out, like the both of you? How, how many years have you been non-affiliated at all with any plain churches or Amish churches? For me, completely out since 2013. For me, completely out at 2008. So around, let's see, 13 years now. Okay. Oh, my. Mm -hmm. Oh, my. It's been quite a journey. Oh, yeah. So I think it would be fun to kind of talk about, like, how, like, for me, I've been out since 2004. So that's, like, 17 years. Four years before me. Yep. Hmm. And, and I think there's, like, when you start talking about different things, like, when you leave like there's there's kind of a culture shock that happens yeah but then it's definitely. kind of like you you can often learn different ways that help you navigate the new world and so I think that it's important to kind of talk about some of the most significant ones and so I wanted to start off by talking about one of my very first experiences because I didn't grow up in a house with a microwave Oh, okay. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> so uh, I thought I would use that as an example. So like I didn't grow up in a house with a microwave. So I get out and I'm living in this house and there's electricity. There's an electric stove. There's an electric, like there's, there's a microwave folks. Like there was a microwave <laughs> and a computer. Oh my God. I had to learn everything about the computer. That was me. And then um, one time I went to warm up something. I still don't remember what it was. I went to warm up something in the microwave. And do you know that I had the bright and brilliant idea that I was going to put foil in the microwave? <laughs> and oh, no. if only we had Garth Brooks, the thunder rolls and the mm -hmm. lightning crashed. Like that was it. That was it. Wow. Never did that again. That works if you put a fork in the microwave, too. I, I accidentally did that once. 
I'm not alone. No. Well, what about a dishwasher? Oh I still my have gosh. it. I still don't have one. When we moved here to this apartment, there's a dishwasher. And no. I had to figure out how to make this dishwasher go and what buttons I had to press and everything. I mean, dishwasher, oh my word. And oh. if you press the start button too long or something, it makes a, a timer or something. I don't know. I still don't have the dish- dishwasher completely figured out. Well, can we just talk for a second about how, like, you know, there may have been this one time that I accidentally may have put, like, the wrong kind of soap in the dishwasher. <laughs> Something happened, and it just You were trying over. to have a bubble wave? <laughs> we had a bubble bath for the dishes. Oh, dear. Yeah? Oh, my. See, Linda, you're not missing out much. Well... Some days I wish for it, but for the most part, with some like five kids and me, we can wash the dishes. Like seriously, <laughs> you can wash the dishes. I think I'm, sometimes that's easier than the dishwasher. Why do you think? Why do you think that? Because I mean, it's simple to wash the dishes. Whereas the dishwasher, I got to put this in and put that in and then figure out which buttons I have to press to make it do what it's supposed to do. Oh, my. Yeah. I've had, like, I've worked with one. I don't think I would really have a problem because to me, it's kind of like a washer and dryer. I mean, they have all kinds of buttons, too. Oh, I don't my- know. I, I have a simple washer and dryer, too. I, you know, Don't when- tell me you still wash like we used to. No, no. I have a washer oh. and dryer, but it's not a fancy one. It has, like, a dial I turn and I press the start button. Oh, okay. You have one of the older kind. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I had, one, I had one like that for a long time. Those are very simple. It hey, works. Hey. They work well for people. I mean, they're modern towards what we were used to. If you really think about it, pouring gasoline in the engine and then cranking the engine. I don't know how you wash your clothes, Chris, but I'm just like now thinking about it. You know, it took me all afternoon to wash a a family of 10 clothes. Well, I just remember the competition to see who would get their wash out first. Hey, Uh, where were... (laughs) Where were- <laughs> and how early they get up, right? Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Grandma had to be starting to hang her wash out by eight o'clock in the morning, or else it wasn't. It just wasn't tight if it wasn't starting to go out by eight o'clock in the morning to hang right. up. Right. Mm-hmm. Because everybody was watching. Well, the wash is <laughs> Yeah. Right. Right. Mary, the country archite like shreds of me. <laughs> I mean the accent it doesn't sound right you marching at rest though I think oh. it's cause cause Mary's not in this area like there's a certain yeah, type don't. of Dutchified around here right no. even even we the English we don't yeah. speak so like y'all speak a different dialect like we can understand each other mostly but like y'all speak a different dialect Mm-hmm. Like what we spoke was more like the Midwestern. Like I left from the Midwestern community. Oh, that's right. You were in Western yeah. Pennsylvania, and then I moved to Wisconsin. And, and you didn't I, speak the regular Pennsylvania Dutch in Lancaster County. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we should probably translate that. How do we translate all of that? I. Uh, oh, you don't talk dear. like we talk. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, we have different dialects in different communities. Like, for example, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, they may not speak the same dialect as what they do in Cashton, Wisconsin. And right. so we were just poking it at each other. Verstehe. We can understand each other, but we were poking at each other because we don't use the same um, dialect. Yeah. Well, even with Chris being... From the Mennonite background, it's different. Don't you think, Chris? Yeah. I think, like, what we spoke growing up, we spoke Pennsylvania Dutch, but then with some English mixed in, 
Mm-hmm. And so I still have a problem sometimes. I'll be like a certain word, and then I'll be like, well, is that Dutch or English? Right, because she mixed it up so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Whereas then- for me, I, I, I have a hard time switching from one to the other. Like, if I'm speaking English, I, I, I can speak English. But to switch to Dutch and make it, mix it up, it, I, it doesn't go very well. And see, I can just go back and forth, mm-hmm. you know. And like when we were at that, that thing, you know, I would mm-hmm. sometimes have a hard time thinking about whether they were saying something in English at the time or Dutch at the time because it just all flowed the same through my head. Right. Yeah. Well, and I have a hard time sometimes finding the English words for stuff. Like Freundschaft? Yeah. That's a big one for me, you know. I still use the word Freundschaft all the time. Like, oh, my Freundschaft. And then it's like, well, what what do I want to translate that into English? Because... And and when you say friendship, that's not it. No, it would be more relatives, Relatives. Yeah, yeah, it's like your relatives, oh, your Linda. ancestors, your... It's so schlimm, what do here. It's going to get bad, folks. We've got the accents going. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes, like, um, for me, a big one can be, like, just as simple as, like, a screwdriver. Or um, I think the other one is called a spatula. Shave oh, yeah, it. that one's hard Shave for me. It. That and a plate scraper. We always call it a plate scraper, but you don't actually use that in the English vocabulary. No. Mm-hmm. no. You know, that's weird because it's actually English words. It's two English words put together. Plate scraper. But you don't say that. No, you don't. Yeah, no, it's it's not a plate scraper. It's something else. I don't know what it's called, but yeah. So that's that's a big one. And then I think another big change is being allowed to um, listen to music that I like. How do you guys feel about music? I mean, I listen to some music and I know like in the car, I'll have the, the radio on or mm-hmm. but I've noticed like my kids listen to a lot more music than I do. Right. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. Same. I, you know, I like music, but if it's not on, it's, you know, no different to me. Whereas Roman will be listening to music, like, all the time. You know, and that, that's my oldest. He'll be, he'll be doing stuff. He always has his, his Spotify on, listening to all sorts of stuff. And, you know, I only this year learned how to connect my Spotify to my car. <laughs> oh, my. So, now I, I, can, like some... I can broadcast music in my car with, with Spotify, but. Oh, my. It was this year that I learned. That's awful. I mean, yeah. I mean, at least you learn now, but I get it. I totally get it. I'm thinking it was just last year that I even learned about Spotify. Like, I kind of knew of it. How have but, you not heard of Spotify? Well, I, I knew of it. I just wasn't. Uh, I use Amazon Music all the time until my kids finally got me switched over. And it's, oh, oh, I would never gotcha. go back to Amazon Music. Like no, Spotify has really good music quality, and you, like, you can listen to podcasts and everything. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like everything's on there. Everything, the scathing atheist. Ah. Yep, yep, all kinds of stuff. Hey, the Misfit Amish is on there too. If y'all are interested, right? <laughs> yep. I'm just saying. Hey, we have somebody talking about it, Drake Shafley. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah thank you for that that's a really good point 
that's also a big change because like you don't ask for a dirt shovel and people know what you mean because if you translate exactly. it see part of the problem is is when you translate it word for word it doesn't mean the th the right thing like if you ask for a dirt shovel I'm gonna do that to my family watch <laughs> right and they'll bring you an actual shovel to go like out a, and a, a little spade or something yeah uh, watch, I'm gonna get a real shovel out of this. Oh, wait, they might be listening. Oops. Well, then they know. But that's like I still I still say biscuits whenever we 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 smell one. I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh there's a biscuit. I totally now forgot he, about that one. He's talking about a a skunk. A biscuit yep, is a, a biscuit. Mm-hmm. Yes, I still say biscuits too. Biscuit. It sounds nicer than skunk. <laughs> It sounds I don't more know accurate. how to correlate here. Biscots, skunk. That's it's like this massive, vast chasm between the two. Um, I think it makes a big. I think maybe for me, like language and learning how to like properly use the English language better. That was a big deal. That that was a lot of oh, progress. Yeah. But living uh, in this area, we still have a, a road that has a sign in English and Dutch. Katzebuckle Vic. That means yeah, short in, in back farmers, way. In Farmersville. Kotze, no, Cats Back Road. Katzebuckle oh, Vic. Cots. Sorry. Yeah. Katzebuckle so Vic. Cat, cat hmm. Back Road. Why do we have yeah, a Cat Back Road? Yeah, it's in Farmersville. It, Why? It looks like a, if you look at it like, if you look at it like, what's that word? Topographically, it kind of looks like a cat. Like when oh, they like arch the up to like, cat, yeah, like the if they're like arched up, like they're yeah. going to hiss at you or something. Wow. That's just crazy. So, yeah, what? you drive over there, you see the sign in English and Dutch. Wow. Maybe I should come visit you for real. Just I so say I can that. Go there. You can't, you can, you can pose in front of covered bridges too. Oh, I don't care so much about that. <laughs> Oh, my. No, that's not my thing. But you know what else? I got to say this. Like, TV. Okay. Like, I don't know if y'all have always lived in your own homes because you were maybe older. But, like, I lived with people a couple of times that, like, they would always have the TV on. And it was really disconcerting. It does bother me. You're talking about like at night, how people yeah. let their tea, or even during the day, like at, it's at, like, at, like it makes my head hurt. Mm -hmm. Like I in in our house, we everybody we don't have TV or anything on. Everybody wears ear headphones. Whatever they watch, they unless we're watching a family movie. Well, I thought maybe it's a neurodivergent thing, but maybe it's a plain thing. You know, too much yeah. going on all around. Yep. Kinda. It's too um, much noise for me. I can't take it. So I don't know I if just, it's a neurodivergent thing or a plain thing. I have <laughs> no idea. That's a really interesting question. Well, that and, like, even now, like, when Walmart used to have the, the TVs up with the, like, the program, the, the, the movies on. Yeah. You know, the the plain people will be going by and get distracted and stop and start watching the movie because you know, because <laughs> it was really yeah. something to see. Well, I remember when I first started watching movies. I mean, that was just really like that was my world for a while. <laughs> see, I used to be with somebody that was like their whole idea of like a a date was like just watching a movie and um, that was just inconceivable for me it's like this thing of like how do you like I just don't get it I just don't it doesn't make sense to me because of how we dated did you date when you were Amish like do you, did you have a parlor for news <laughs> <laughs> did did you guys have parlors like? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I yeah. did. I don't know about yeah. Mary, but yeah, we we had this extra like this room. We would go in. We we yep. wouldn't associate with the rest of the family. We weren't allowed. Oh, to. Oh no, you, you'd be in the parlor. Yep, playing games. 
talking. Do English know what 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 we mean we mean by a parlor? Like the guest room, kind of like it's the. I would call it the guest room. I didn't even know you. I call mean, it, the it was parlor. like a. It, well, that's that's what my grandparents hey, called y'all. it. There was we a were, parlor for us. We were the one true Amish. Let me tell you about the one true Amish, okay? Did you bundle? <laughs> we didn't in the community <laughs> I lived in. Okay, so did I date as an Amish person? Yes, I did date. I was actually supposed to get married before I left the, the community. Like, right, like, I literally left in the nick of time. And let me tell you, whenever I put out my book, it might even be titled, I'm so happy I didn't marry my cousin, for the record. Just side so, note. Side so note. You fa- so you found out since that it was your cousin? Like three days or ago. Or you know then. You three days then. ago. Three days ago, Linda, I found out. Oh, that's what you were messaging me about. <laughs> she wanted the Fisher book. You know, I need oh, to know. Yeah. I need to know because this doesn't make sense. Wow. Well, no, the cousin that might be a little close, but third cousin or fourth second cousin. cousin. Second cousin. We were we didn't even marry second cousins in in my culture. Okay, so we were the one true Amish. I'm gonna yeah. let you know that right now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm being. <laughs> Um, I mean, um, a lot of third and fourth marriage happens, like the the third and fourth yes. cousin. But that's also why they have all those birth defects and their own like genetic disorders. Genetic stuff. Yep. Yes. So this is a whole side note. I didn't mean to derail this conversation. <laughs> I just had to give y'all the update on that. Tell us that chite. <laughs> the hop snack vist. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. But. I don't even remember what I was saying. We were talking about See, something. just let the conversation roar. <laughs> we don't want to talk about this. Yeah. Oh, oh, did I date? Yes, yes. Let me tell you yeah. about the dating in the Amish community versus dating on the outside of the Amish community. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I dated somebody that was from a community where we legitimately, the boy would go in the living room and sit on a big chair and the girl would go in and sit in the lap of the boy. Wait, what? That that chite. Like, what the? So, whereas where I dated, the rule for me was sit as far across the room as you can from him. (laughs) No touching, no touching. I didn't even kiss him before we married. Oh my word, I, I can't Mm-mm. even imagine. I think I would have had a heart attack. You know, you weren't allowed to touch. Mm-mm. Oh no. Nope. So, so that was where in his community that was the rule. In my community that I left from, the rule was is that we were supposed to. And I quote, supposed to, because I don't even want to start counting how many people got married because they had to. <laughs> That's bad. That's really bad. <laughs> but we were supposed to. You know, the best is Do always. Do people when even know what that means? When it's the bishop's child, it's always the best, right? That's the best. Oh, I didn't say that. Oops. <laughs> I bet. Do people know what we mean when they got married? I was going to say. I bet, to. I bet they don't even know what that means, Mary. Oh my! When, that what you that had means to get married when they had to get married. What that means is that the girl was pregnant. There, there was there was a a, a, a little one coming in the next seven months. That's right. Well, wasn't it even if they had sex, they had to get married? Like yes. If you had sex. Well, if they knew, and it got found yeah, out. If they knew. Got, if they knew. If they knew. And so then, like, okay, so that's, like, we sat across the table from each other in a dark room, like, with the oil lamp on. One oil yeah. lamp on. Okay? Mm-hmm. Same. In the special room. We are mm-hmm. supposed to sit across the table from each other. But I promise you, that's not what happened, according to all the people that had to get married. But I didn't say that. Anyways, so in the outside world... <laughs> Imagine going from that to like somebody being like, hey, you want to go to dinner and let's go watch a movie and let's go to this concert or like something like that, as opposed to that. Like, that's like two completely different worlds. I don't even know how to describe that, what that would be mentally. 
My oh. my first ever movie I went to. Somebody took me to see Titanic. Oh, when it came out. No, you don't wow. understand. I went and saw Titanic, and that's a long movie. And oh. when we went to leave, I couldn't <laughs> even hardly walk straight because it was like, you know, all that. Yeah. That was the first movie I ever saw in the theater was Titanic. Oh, I saw Boof. <laughs> did, you, did you go home and pray like a good a good person, Chris? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. You confess too? Okay. <laughs> but this is no hope known for this year. I didn't mean to see boobs. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I did that the right direction. I don't know how. I, I, don't, I don't even know, know how to do it. I know it's head, stomach, and one shoulder or the I other have shoulder. No idea. Don't ask me. I don't pay too much attention to that. Um, yeah. There's a there's a comment there, Mary. Yeah, it says lights on, hands off is what we were always told. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, did yeah. you guys ever do an English date? Tell me about your English dates after being Amish and what it felt like. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. What did it feel mm -hmm. like, Linda? Well, for me, I would say it was long enough, like, out of the Amish. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Well, well, let's let's see. I went roller skating and met BJ. Oh, <laughs> oh my! I went to a roller skating ring and you know, with my covering and my, you know, and I went roller Wait, skating. You were still dressed Mennonite. Oh yeah. On your first, first, so you didn't change your dress right away when you came out of the culture. Oh no! Oh, like, okay, well, I didn't realize I, I that. Went, well, no, see, BJ and I met when I was sixteen. Oh, okay. Oh. So were you still kind of, sort of Mennonite then? Oh yeah. Okay. Completely. Mm -hmm. I was still going to Terry Hill Mennonite School. Oh. oh my goodness. Hmm. Huh. And, and I went roller skating. How did the bishop like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my I'm sure word. he probably found out, you know. Dating English dating people. somebody who is English, you know. Yes. Yes. Oh. For those who don't know, it is forbidden to date somebody who is English. And if you date somebody who is English, you will probably get into a lot of trouble. Well, well she wasn't. I was. I was bad. I was really bad. I was sixteen, and was working at at Shady Maple Smorgasbord, which all the tourists will know because everybody comes to Shady Maple Smorgasbord. And I made friends with a couple people at Shady Maple Smorgasbord and told my grandmother I was going to be spending the night at um, Becky's house from work. And I ended up having my first experience with a guy at his house right across from my Bible teacher's house. My Bible teacher lived right across the street. He's a oh bad Oh my boy. goodness. Chris, Chris is a bad you're boy. You're so naughty. I was bad. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that might have got you in a little trouble if they knew. Did they know? No. See, that's why you got away with it. I got away with it. You didn't take pictures, right? Oh, but no, that's never. That's not really progress, though. Let's but... talk about some progress now. <laughs> but, you know, when, you know, I, I still have my covering on. I still... When I started dating BJ, people were like, well, why would you want to date some, why would you want to date a Mennonite? <laughs> you really? mean to BJ or to yeah, you? Yeah, to BJ. Okay. To BJ. Why would you want to date a Mennonite? Hmm. What'd BJ oh. tell them? I, I'm not sure. I just know, you know, BJ's friends were a little, a little like, I don't know what's going on here. 
they were like taken aback by it. Yeah. Well, there's the whole even it doesn't I don't feel it still happens that much, even though, you know, the integration that has happened in Lancaster County between the cultures, it still doesn't happen that much that you'll have somebody, you know, who's wearing a covering and everything go out and and date the English. Yeah. At least not while they still have their covering on. The, and I, I just want to point out that you really shouldn't be dating a currently Amish person if you're not Amish, because that can land them in a lot of trouble. And I'm sure that's the same with the Mennonites. Like that can land them in a lot of trouble with the church. <clears throat> well, people have tried to join the, the Amish church to date, but it rarely works out because a lot of people don't understand how much it takes to actually join the Amish and the Mennonite church. Yeah. Right. And then the other thing is, is like, if you were not born in, there's the type of people. Why are we being serious? I don't I'm know. I'm going to finish that sentence. Okay. If you're not born into the community, there's people that literally look at you within the community because they have this caste system. And that's spelled C-A-S-T-E, I believe. Um, I know I don't pronounce it right, but anyways, it's that system within the community that kind of like some one person, like the people that are really rich often tend to be allowed to do like whatever they want to and not really get in a lot of trouble. But then the other people that are really poor in the church has to help them with like food and housing and stuff like that. Um, they can literally not sneeze without getting into trouble. And so the people that are joined in rather than born in they tend to look down on them and they can't at they least until the, the second generation right they don't have the ability to marry well as first generation born in and even amongst like i've noticed this in in like outside of the the communities like when you start talking to ex-plain people there tends to be this bias towards people that were not born into the plain communities and just joined and then left and they're like oh you don't really know what it's like well here's the thing is yes they do and they have a very important conversation to have so there's my ted talk for the day thanks <laughs> well i think i think depending on what age you were brought in and left you may have even a more unique perspective because you've known both sides even as as a child. Right, right. right. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, growing up, everything was, was normal for me. And I didn't realize until, what, a year ago at most now that it's not normal to be put on nerve medication at age seven. No, that's not normal. Well, but I didn't realize. To me, it was normal. You know what I mean? There was nothing right, because it's abnormal normal. about that. Yeah. It's normal in the community. Wow. And it's also a thing of like, they don't tell you, like, they don't tell you anything really, except here's your pills you have to take. Like, you know, you're supposed to take these pills for your NAFA. Oh, yeah. I can tell you a few stories about that from Green Pastors, but, but I won't. We're, supposed to, we're not we're here for that. No, we're supposed but, to talk about progress. How are we talking about progress? And we're just when did you wear me? your first pair of pants? The day oh, I left. Oh my goodness. Day I left. What? February 16, it, 2004. How about around you, Chris? Around 9 p.m. I was given a pair of pants and I put it on. Oh, wow. How about you, Chris? Um... Well, I went away to Florida for a week with somebody before I left. Oh, my God. So, and, and so I wore some of, some of hers. But after, I have to admit, I didn't wear my, I didn't wear shorts above my knee until recently. Yeah, same. This is the first year I'm, work, I'm working in shorts. It took me a long time. Um. And I wore my first time wearing pants was five years ago. Kind of started with my job because I yeah, wasn't going to go work at work. Turkey Hill with a skirt on. I mean, imagine that. I have that. to wear pants at work because of our, you know, I work manufacturing. So, so pants right. are, you know, I mean, and now I'm completely comfortable in pants, you know, you know, well, walking I'm around a, and, but, but shorts took a while. I'm a professional, but, um, 
I wore my first bathing suit approximately 2005. I actually have photos of that, and it was a two-piece, not a one-piece. I'm, I'm a rebel all the way. All the way. I think it's interesting to talk about how, like, we all have varying experiences, but we all got there in the same way. Like, just the shorts, I've never even... After the first, like, couple years, I've never had a problem ever. Right. Like, ever. It, oh, my word. Like For the longest time, it was just ingrained into me. You keep your knees covered. Well, look, Chris, you can't have knee boobs, okay? I don't know. My knees are pretty sexy. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh. But, no, I mean, it was just, Yeah. Having something that came above the, the knees was... How about your covering? I'm curious to know about the covering. When did that come off? Um, or well, let, or how did you even get rid of the mindset? The covering came off and went to veils. Mm -hmm. Same. And then from veils, I actually went to like... Almost a hijab type style. So oh, I actually got oh. more strict. Wow. You know, that if the hair has to be covered, it has to all be covered. And, you know. So, so sort when, of like you had at the Amish abuse meeting. Similar yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah. And then. I think 2019. Wow. 2019, my grandfather died. That's not even that long ago. I mean, not 19, 2009. My grandfather oh, died. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. Say, 2009. <laughs> wait, wait. Something's not adding up. <laughs> yeah. Nine. 2009, my grandfather died. And I said, fuck it all. Right. But then yeah. I still lived there and took care of grandma until she passed away in 2013. Okay. And then okay. 2013's when I got the letter from the church saying I was no longer. Oh, they, they disassociated with you? Yes. Like... Yes. Did yes. they shun you? Or they just. Nobody on my dad's side talks to me. Okay. Yeah. Darn. That's awful. I didn't talk to a lot of people on my mom's side that much. <clears throat> as it was after I was five, so. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. But so yeah, I hearing... actually, for one point, went a little more extreme. Well, I did too, you though. To throw yourself all the way into the well of, like, I must have my head covered completely before you could figure out that you didn't have to wear a head cover. Well, I kind of went that way, too, because I was like, wait, the Bible says to cover your head, so how do you know how much of your head to cover? You know? <laughs> Sorry, but it's just like, it's just like... Well, and I okay, so say, I think what contributes to that is the charity. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Linda I agree. and I both both touch charity on our way out. So, out. <laughs> so y'all, I read the Bible through multiple times before I left the community. The Bible says, a hair shall be your crowning glory. And so the day I walked out, I took my covering and I kind of threw it on the road. And I think it was the Amadino's place. And I well, left it there. I shaved my head. Wait, what? After you took your covering when off? When I took you my covering your... off, I shaved my head. Wow, you're so... You're so... <laughs> I don't even have words. You get from one extreme well, to the other. what it was was, you know, the scripture says, if a woman does not cover her head, let her also be shorn. What? And I was so like, you fuck were, it, so I'll shave my head. That. I said, oh, fuck it, I'll goodness. shave my head. Oh, you know what I mean? Goodness. Let them come at me. Mm -mm. Right. Let them come at me because look, I don't have hair. Right. It was, you did it all the way right. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was like, go ahead, oh, come at me. There's goodness. no hair. Oh my goodness. And then I found out I really liked like that having hair, you know. Right. So, hmm. hmm. For me, I it was just one day. I just I it 
it just didn't make sense anymore. Like, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. I'm constantly washing this covering and putting it on. Like, it annoyed me to no end. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm just done. Oh, and putting your hair up wet under the covering and it never dries right. Right, Uh right. I'm Uh, like, it's it's just, this doesn't make sense. And I don't really care what anybody says. And nobody ever approached me about it. It was done. That was it? Yep. That was the end? So here's a question. Did you guys wear, like, the faggy pits to cut? What's that? Like, you know, um, so so you know how, like, um, <clears throat> in some of the different communities, they'll have, like, different covering styles. Like, I know more than likely because of, like, the Lancaster Association, you probably were one of the ones that didn't, it probably didn't take you, like, an hour or two hours to, like, pleat it in the back. But, like, the community. Oh, yeah, that- to get your covering ready before yeah. you went? Yeah. No. How long did it? Like hours. Um, so in um, one, two, four out of the five communities that I lived in, it took like two hours to pleat those coverings in the back. Because okay, you here, the ones, everybody like, just went to Joyce Long and got their coverings made. No, no. Um, everybody was supposed to make their own. But I really found it freeing to not have to make a covering. Yeah, I'm sure. And to also spend all to. that time. Right. Yeah. Like that was a big waste of time in my opinion. Well, I know for me, it was huge for me because I had three little girls coming out of the Amish, right? So imagine Sunday morning church, I had to Sunday Saturday nights or sometime that week, I had to make sure that all their their shotslin, the aprons that the little girls wear, yep. were ironed out. I had to make sure that all their cotlin were ironed out. And then I had to comb and and tuck their hair in all neat Sunday mornings and put their, you know, their cotlin and their shotslin on. And, oh, it was a big ordeal. And to not have to do that was a huge stress off. I think we have now established why I no longer own an iron. Hmm. Yes. I think I still have my old one up in the attic. I, I think listening to you talk has established why I no longer have an iron in my house. To mm-hmm. the point that my, my oldest child did not know what an ironing board is called. They were like, you know, we don't have, I said about not having an iron. And they go, well, we don't even have one of those ironing tables. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, because it's a table now. Right. It's a table. But no, I, I think like just not having to do that with a, I think another thing, a, a big difference was, is like, I don't, I don't mind not having to put my hair up underneath the covering because that in and of itself is like really painful. It can be really painful, especially when you put those pins in your head, hair and like they kind of poke in your head and stuff like that. Or if and one you of your hairs was like pulling and you couldn't get yes. that one hair and you have to make well, it tight enough so that it stays up and there's like all of this stuff and all of a sudden you just don't have to do that like that was well, really really freeing how about the straight pins in your, your your clothes i think about that sometimes we i was just used to being picked you know like pick with a straight pin like why 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 i i can't to this day i can't i cannot understand why people would even do that? Why is that I even a tradition? Because where I don't you know use about, pins. Well, because like so, the dresses like they come down here, right? And they have this really high collar on them. And when you fold them over here and you pin them in here, especially right. if you are a breast haver, like the pins poke directly into right. your breasts. Right. And it well, leaves, my, like for I, me, nothing um, it was scratched. I had a, I had a, I had a red mark, a constant red mark on whatever side the pins were poking my breast right. continually. And there was no way to avoid that. And so I feel like that's almost like that's cruel. And yeah, it was so nice not to have that. Right. I appreciate that. 
Right. I'll wear this. We'll be all right. What are you laughing at, Chris? I wear this. It, lo- it looked like you had a thought that went through your mind. <laughs> I just started thinking about ankles. Oh. Oh, my. What? Tell me about ankles. Well, about how you're not allowed to. I know a family member who was in church and got talked to because a man was able to. She was wearing short socks, but her dresses were like ankle length, you know, which were a no-no in the first place, too. Yeah, no, your dress was too long. So when she sat down, it would come up a little in the back, and she got talked to because somebody could see the top of her socks. Oh, my goodness. That is just horrible. See, and that's the, the other thing I was thinking of just before we started about progress, was my biggest progress is psychological. Just Everything that goes on psychological. And then when you come out and you have like people think, oh, when we say we have freedom, they think we're talking about now we can go drive a car and now we can go. I don't even think about that when I think when like, yes, we're talking about those right now. But for me, like progress for me is able to get rid of those mindsets that are. I can go to church and flip flops. I Shorts. can dress how I please. Shorts, I whatever you my yeah. hair. Yeah. Um, it's learning to, I think for me, like kind of like touching on that for me, like psychologically learning yeah. that just because um, one of the most freeing things that I've ever experienced is re- having a relook at like the term forgiveness, as in like how I was taught forgiveness means, you know, about how, um, Forgiveness means you never talk about it again. That person's sorry. They've confessed in front of the church. And, you know, you just, you never bring it up. You never think about it. And if you do, then your sin is just as great, if not greater than, than that person's. Mm-hmm. And so having a relook at that and psychologically being free from the expectation that forgiveness means that you are silent. Forgiveness right. means that you never talk about it again. Forgiveness means that that person is automatically sorry and they have true um, genuine um what is the word for that see repentance yes that word they have true genuine repentance but the fact of the matter is is anybody can get down on their knees and say i'm sorry in front of and confess in front of the entire church and now i look at forgiveness more as like it's a personal thing and everybody has a choice of whether or not they can forgive or or when they are able to finally or even if they want to if they want Mm -hmm. to forgive it's not a requirement um forgiveness simply means that you don't hold ill will towards that person rather than you will never speak of that again forgiveness does not mean silence it doesn't mean you never talk about it again it doesn't mean that it's as if that thing never happened right forgiveness rather just means that you hold no ill will towards that person and that's it and you get to decide Right. What about seeing your kids get raised outside of this and the freedom that they have and how much joy that brings you? You Yes. You know, your children getting to do, you know, be themselves. And, you know, I mean, it's just so it's, you know, so refreshing. They they, they're allowed to have friends, they're allowed to go to school, they're allowed to have like, you know, learn about like, maybe proper English, like they don't necessarily do plain speak like how we do. Um, this oh, is they're so always correcting me on my English. Right. <laughs> oh, like, they, they learn, they learn so much. On, they're, like, they're way ahead of me with education. And then like, 
it brings me a lot of joy, but I also feel like I can't relate to my child's child uh, childhood because I have mm -hmm. no idea what it's like to grow up in a world where I'm allowed to have friends, where I'm allowed to say, no, I don't want to hug you or I don't want to shake your hand, where I, I would get to a teenage school that is maybe a little bit more affirming and welcoming, especially for like neurodivergent people. Um, I just don't know. I don't know these things because that's not even close to what we went through. And it brings me a lot of happiness just to be able to see that happen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, oh, hey, were you also taught if you can't say anything good, don't say anything? Oh, yep. yes. Yep. And in addition to that, you must not speak ill of the dead. Oh, I yeah. Tell you the oh, quote. yeah. I think it's like Anne Lamont that says this, but it's like a really good quote. And you know what it says? If people wanted me to speak better of them, then they should have treated me better. But yep. yes, yes, I don't think that it is wrong to talk about the culture. I don't think that it is wrong to expose and shine some light on the darkness that has plagued our communities and our cultures for so many generations that it has given children and adults nowhere to go to seek any kind of recourse or assistance when right. they are going through tremendous abuse. There right. is nothing wrong with shining a light on that. Yeah. Well, and it and took I, me two years, the only the last two years that I've started, you know, speaking about stuff because it's so ingrained into you that you, you know, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah. Right. 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 Or you're not supposed, you're supposed to forgive and forget. So don't bring up the old stuff. Well, but and, I have, you know, I don't found... talk about that, you know. But I have found that it is tremendously freeing and actually breaks generational curse. If you speak about something that was anything that is done to you and you publicly speak about it, mm -hmm. there's something about that. that it really it gives you a freeing. freeing feeling. So it, freeing. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. sometimes, sometimes when I talk about things, and I actually voice, like, and am I able to sort out my feelings about some of the trauma that I've experienced? What happens is that I end up seeing it in a whole different light. I end up seeing it in a whole different light. And it's like, oh, my God, like, it puts it in perspective of, like, this was an atrocious crime that happened. Yep. I did not ask for this. No child asked for this. No child should mm -hmm. be exposed to this. And mm -hmm. so... That also goes with, like, for example, you know, another um, thing that we were taught that I found really freeing is, like, when you get baptized into an Amish church. I don't know about y'all's, but in my Amish church, um, when I was baptized, one of the promises I had to make was um, I would never tell church business to anybody that wasn't a member of the church. And I always say we had a special brainwashing session when we in. Wow, I almost forgot about that. Well, oh, yeah, and, and that mm -hmm. you're going to be part of the church for the rest of your life. Yeah. So you have to, like... You can't go tell the Obrikai. The Obrikai is the society, the the yes. the English yeah. people. Yeah, and part of the baptism is, is promising to be part of the church for the rest of your life, being part yes. of that, that congregation for, for the rest of your life. You know, which, when they shun you, then, they, they, they would say they're not shutting you for... For, they're shunning you for breaking your promise. Yep. And you know, you because you promised, to, yeah, because you promised to be in the church for the, in, in that church, you know, for the rest of your life. So they are, they are shunning you because you have broken your word. And, and it's supposed to be like the marriage. They say it's like a marriage. It's, you can't divorce. So you can never divorce in the Amish system. And so you can also never leave the church. Right. So we're all brides of Christ. Okay. I'm just saying. That so sounds we're pretty gay right there. I'm just letting you know. Look, I did a DNA test like 0. You're so 0. bad. Man. Huh? What? 
You're I'm so a bad. Good person. No, I'm a good person. I am a good Amish person today. I have not led anybody astray in the last 24 hours that I know of. But I wanna I wanna point out too is like just just working through that and finding some kind of resolution for myself. And that was really freeing to understand that it is really, really messed up that your religion's trying to control you by and, and attempted to control you by like one, they elicit these promises from you, like you have to join the church. You know, for me, it was easier to join the church than it was to actually fight that battle of like, I'm unwilling to join the church. So I joined the church and I get baptized and all of that. Like that was easier than what happens if you don't join the church when it's expected of you. Because when you get to be a certain age, it is absolutely expected of you to join the church. And if you and don't. And you're going to be harassed if you don't. Yes. If you don't, you get harassed, you get manipulated, you get bribes, you get all kinds of stuff. And so for me, learning to reframe that and look at that as what it was and see it for what it was and then also the the promises that they elected from me it's like those promises were given under duress like that was the easiest thing for me to do and so well, how the could they? To belong. and then well I wanted to belong but and then they not only did they shun me they cast me out and they harassed me again through the legal system until I legally changed my name and moved and then I moved in a series of moves and all kinds of stuff to just get away from them harassing me. And so to me, reshaping that in my brain as in seeing this is unacceptable. It is them trying to manipulate me and control me. And they shouldn't be doing that because it is not love to shun your family member. It is not love to shun your neighbor. It is not love. That is not love. Thank you. Nope. Nope. And I hope, one day, I hope one day they see that because it is not love. It is not love at all. Nope. It really isn't. I don't care how many of them tell me that it's tough love. Nope. You guys have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> or no, you wouldn't be don't. doing it. So I just want to go back to the Bible for a hot minute. Because um, when you start looking at like <laughs> what is love from the Bible, it has nothing to do with the shunning, okay? Oh, okay. okay. Love is love is patient. Love is kind. You know where mm -hmm. I'm going with this? Mm -hmm. Seriously, that's not love. So I'm, I'm just letting all you know, if you're Amish or Mennonite and you're watching this, think about that. Love yeah. is not manipulation. Love is not conditional based on what you receive from me or based on I must do X, Y, and Z in order to obtain any form of love or affection from you. That's not right. love. That's called right. manipulation. Not love. love is not telling a 12-year-old at their great-grandmother's funeral that God loves them and, and, and Momo loves you very much and Momo wants to see you and Momo went to heaven and you know you got you know to my child mm -mm. to try and you know you know Com you know oh, how wait, it is they were trying to manipulate your child yeah oh yeah oh yeah yes. like like yes. have them come back to the Mennonites by telling them this that kind of stuff oh yeah to my 12 year old oh that's horrible that's horrible, yeah, horrible. you know and there again there again there's that there's that heaven and hell manipulation that goes on. And that is so awful. That is so awful. So when you dissect that, how freeing is that? Once you reach a space where you absolutely understand. absolutely freeing. It is just. Oh, my gosh. I, it's indescribable. I have. Yeah. I have no words for it. I have no words for it. And, and even that alone, I'm glad my children have no part of. No concept. No part. Awesome. And on that note, I'm going to ask each of you for like parting thoughts. If you have any. You want to go first, Chris? My parting thought is we have to put out into the world what we want to get from the world. And, you know, I, I've learned that you know, especially in the past couple months, we've been putting out so much and, and building a community in our area of, of people, you know, and the growth that can come 
from everything we've been through and putting out the kind of environment we want and helping build that environment, you know. It's beautiful. That is gorgeous. Thank you. Beautiful. What about you, Linda? I just want to say to anybody, like this can apply for all people, is if you're not able to shine where you're at, find a place where you can shine and grow because you do not want to live like that. You do not want to keep living like that. That's not living. It's not life. And I just thank you. I want to thank you very much, both of you. Thank you for coming. And then I also want to add to that is that, um, you know, if you're unhappy with your life, no matter where you are in the world, anybody that is listening to this, if you're unhappy in your life, you are the person that has the power to make change. You can change your life. And I believe in you and you deserve to have a happy life. On that note, we're going to say good night. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye.